Hello, and welcome to The Anxious Adventure. I am thrilled you're here today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Katie Schlegel, your host here on The Anxious Adventure podcast, and I am an anxious adventurer. I know that may sound contradicting, but I'm here to tell you that if the thought of traveling somewhere brings up those feelings of anxiety or stress, you've come to the right place. I've traveled to over 17 countries around the world. I've lived in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and trekked across South America solo. I don't say these things to impress you. No, that is not what I'm here for. I say these things to let you know that every single one of those experiences had moments where my anxiety made me feel like I could not do it. So if that's how you feel or have ever felt, you're not alone. I am right there with you. Before we go on our next adventure, I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to rate and review the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. You know, I didn't know if this podcast would resonate with anyone, but the feedback I'm getting is that it is, and that makes me super happy to hear. The only way to get this podcast out there is with your help. So here's a big ask. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, please hit those five stars. And if you're a listener on Apple Podcasts, can you leave a review? It can be short, sweet, and to the point, and I'd forever be grateful. Plus, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast once you do, like I'm about to do here for Jamie D, who wrote an amazing review. Reading it seriously made my day, Jamie. Thank you so much. She said, so relatable. So much of social media these days is about presenting yourself as having it all together and having all the answers. Thankfully, Katie's stories of how things went wrong and the lessons learned is relatable and entertaining. You can hear her self-deprecating smile (laughs) through the microphone. I love checking the Muddy Pussy Skies social media posts afterwards to see the garments and accessories that played starring roles in her stories. Highly recommend this light, humorous, and encouraging podcast to amateur and experienced travelers alike. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for those kind words about the podcast, Jamie. I so appreciate every single one. I'm glad you mentioned the bit about checking my social. That is encouraging to hear. I've definitely made a lot of mistakes on my travels, but they have been some of my greatest life lessons, and I feel like those stories need to be told so all the anxious adventurers out there know that things will go wrong when you travel. It's inevitable, but do not let the thought of things going wrong deter you from traveling. I'm glad you mentioned that you recommend this podcast to amateur and experienced travelers alike, because I want to start to incorporate more travel information. What does that mean? Well, I want to keep you in the loop on the amazing places you can travel to. One of the best ways to do that is by doing your research. I love researching a place before I go. And I have a ton of knowledge in my head about the different places I've been to. So here's a tip for you. Many times the country you're going to has amazing travel websites that have a place where you can sign up to keep up on the latest of what's happening in that country. For example, when my mom and I went to Japan, my mom found this great website that not only had fantastic information about the country, culture, and travel, but it also had a monthly newsletter you could subscribe to. Even though it's been a while since I've been to Japan, 
I'm still a subscriber to this day, and I love reading it each month. It takes me back to my trip as well as gets me excited for the next time I visit. So before we jet set off to our next destination, I want to give you a little travel news from Japan. Here's the latest. If you didn't know, Japan resumed entry by individual travelers for tourism purposes beginning on October 11th, 2022. Japan looks forward to welcoming you with this long-awaited lifting of entry restrictions. The resumption of individual travel to Japan and visa waivers and the elimination of the daily arrival cap will allow international visitors to enjoy Japan in more ways than I have been able to in the past two and a half years. These measures have been long-awaited news for tourists around the world who have been looking forward to visiting Japan. In other news, cherry blossom season is soon to arrive all over Japan. If you're wondering when to go to see all these beautiful blooms, the end of March and the beginning of April is your best bet. So, if you have Japan on your radar for your next trip, now you know Japan is open to welcoming you once again without any restrictions and when to go if you want to see those beautiful cherry blossoms. In the show notes, I have linked to an article that has a wonderful graphic with all the 2023 forecast of when the cherry blossoms will bloom and where. I also linked to the Japan travel website if you want to sign up for their newsletter. Even if you haven't ever had the longing to go to Japan, I encourage you to check it out. Receiving these emails is like taking a little trip in your mind. It's chocked full of cultural and country facts. So if you're a lifelong learner like I am, you will surely enjoy reading it each month. It's super fun. I, for one, love Japan and cannot wait to go back. Okay, that concludes our travel news for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Now on to today's adventure. To start a journey of one's own is not to find yourself along the way. It is to step into you truly are and have always been. I want to tell you a story, a story that began with solely me and expanded into the world. As you heard in episode four, when I began my online boutique, Mariposa's Guys, I had no idea what I was doing or what my vision was to be for this business. But with each country I traveled to, the path unfolded before me. With each artisan I met, it became clearer The ability to connect worlds together is who I am and have always been. Today's episode is going to be a little different than my last. It will be a mezcla, if you will, of adventure, travel, history, and stories. I use that Spanish word a lot, mezcla. It means mix, mixture, or blend. But for some reason for me, it captures the essence of what I'm trying to get across much better than the English words. Not sure why, but it just fits. So why am I straying from the way I usually do these episodes? Well, it's because I want to instill in you what was instilled in me about why storytelling is still so important to continue to pass down to generations to come. This was a major aha moment for me. And what really got me thinking about starting a podcast centered around storytelling It was on a trip to Africa that made me rethink the way we tell stories. I myself didn't understand the importance of storytelling 
until I met a real-life celebrity storyteller on my trip to Morocco. He's not like the celebrities you may be thinking of, though. But he's well-known all over Morocco, and he's been invited to work with professors and experts from all over the world. He's even done a TEDx talk. In this episode, you'll begin to understand how the tradition of storytelling can help you create true connections while traveling or even in your hometown. How? Don't worry, we'll get into that. And now it's time to connect you to a culture and a people. Some things you may have heard before, while others will be glimpses into a world not many get to experience while traveling this beautiful region of the world. I want to invite you to join me on our next adventure. Grab your passports because we're about to embark on a trip to Africa. Morocco is our country of choice and the city of Marrakesh is our destination. Welcome to Marrakesh, Morocco, a city of tradition, hospitality, generosity, and storytelling. Morocco is located in northern Africa, just beneath Spain. It overlooks the Mediterranean Sea to the north and the Atlantic Ocean to the west. Its official and predominant religion is Islam, and the official languages are Arabic and Berber. The Moroccan dialect of Arabic and French are also widely spoken. But don't worry, if you don't speak any of those languages, you'll be able to get around just fine with English. I will say that it's always a great courtesy and sign of reverence to the people if you try and learn a little of their language before you go. Moroccan culture is a mix of Arab, Berber, and European cultures. Its capital is Rabat, while its largest city is Casablanca. The geography of Morocco spans from the Atlantic Ocean to mountainous areas, to the Sahara Desert. Marrakesh is the fourth largest city in Morocco. It's situated west of the foothills of the Atlas Mountains. It comprises of an old fortified city packed full with vendors and their stalls, known as the Medina. Today, it's one of the busiest cities in Africa and serves as a major economic center and tourist destination. Marrakesh has the largest traditional market known as the souk, also pronounced souk, in Morocco, with some 18 souks selling wares ranging from traditional Berber carpets to modern consumer electronics, and everything you can imagine in between. And this is where our story begins, with master storyteller, Haj Hahmed. Just a note before we continue, there are some words here that I may not pronounce correctly. I try my best to find the correct way to say them, but please remember, my native language is English, and I've been told that I have a bit of an Irish accent at times. Not sure where that came from, but if I don't know how to pronounce something, my default is Spanish. So there you go. Please keep that in mind as we continue the story. End of note. My mom and I had just spent the day near the Atlas Mountains in the little riverside town near the banks of the Eureka River. But that's a story for another day. We were pretty tired and it was getting to be dusk as we headed back to the city. Our amazing friends and self-proclaimed guides while we were in Marrakesh wanted us to experience the tradition of Moroccan storytelling. So we set off on foot to Cafe Clock, 
just about a 15-minute walk from the Medina. We ended up getting there a little early and had some time to grab something to drink. It had been a long day, but we didn't want to miss out on this experience. After all, we were only in Marrakesh for a week. You may be thinking, why was gathering for a story time in a cafe so important? And to be honest, I was probably right there with you. But I didn't understand the magic until that night. Here's a little history. This next bit is taken directly from the Morocco World News article, Moroccan Tradition of Storytelling Revives in Marrakesh. Morocco's tradition of storytelling dates back almost 1,000 years. Storytelling was used as a way to pass on cultural beliefs, such as moral lessons to children and to entertain on long winter nights. Some stories were recorded, while others were passed on orally. Nowadays, this form of entertainment is in danger of becoming extinct and disappearing. Previously, storytelling was found in cities all over Morocco, but now Marrakesh's Jama Alfana Square is one of the last places to find these old stories. People's interests have been changing due to many reasons such as globalization and influence of technology. It seems as though not many people are still interested in family gatherings after dinner time, which is when the storytelling took place. Grandparents or parents would tell tales to each other and their children during this time. The people of Marrakesh who were once really supportive of storytelling are giving less importance to this ancient art today. There remain a few people who believe that this art should be transmitted to the coming generations. Café Clock, for instance, is fighting to keep this heritage alive by offering a new venue and opportunities for young Moroccans to be trained in this ancient art. Haj is a master of storytelling in Marrakesh and began collecting Moroccan traditional fables during his youth as a traveling salesman. He joined the crowds gathered around storytellers until one day he had studied the craft long enough to tell stories himself. Today, Haj trains a group of youth apprentices so they may keep their rich Moroccan heritage alive. Every Thursday at 7 p.m., Haj and his apprentices dedicate their time to sharing traditional folklore in both Arabic and English. With every story they weave, they keep a little bit of this fascinating Moroccan culture alive. Sitting there listening to the amazing stories from master storyteller Haj and his apprentices was truly an amazing experience. I didn't realize how important storytelling was until that moment when I understood that it's a way to pass along a culture's history to the next generation. So today, I want to give you a special treat. Sit back, grab a cup of tea or your favorite beverage as I tell you the Moroccan tale of the successful trader. Once upon a time, long ago, there was a merchant from Morocco who bought silk, linen, pearls, coral, and gems. But one day he says to himself, I must travel the world, meet new people, and new traders. So he packs up all his goods and sets off. He goes from country to country until Allah's will takes him to Egypt. When he gets there, he goes to the market. Each merchant is trading from his own stall. 
but they have a place in the middle reserved for new traders to display their goods. As soon as he sets up, he finds himself surrounded by customers and starts selling things immediately. He looks around and notices that the other traders are watching him. They are talking about him and wondering, how has he managed to have such instant success? He sees they are jealous of him. He decides to show them that he is blessed by Allah. He goes to one of them and buys his goods and displays them in the same place. Under the gaze of the jealous traders, he starts to sell the newly acquired goods. They start to think, wow, you can understand the appeal of his goods, but now he's selling things from us that we couldn't sell. This guy must be using some magic. Their attitude makes him even more determined, so he continues to buy and sell as fast as he can. He thinks, now you are jealous. I'm not going anywhere. He manages to save and buy a house. He gets married and becomes one of them. Once you are settled with your own house and wife, you become part of the community. But their hearts are still jealous. They start to think of ways to destroy his business but this only makes him more stubborn. Now, there were two thieves who came from afar. They do one job a year and come once a year to the market. They steal enough to last them a whole year. This year, they notice all the traders are talking about this merchant. Each trader has something to say about him. So, he acquires a new name. His previous name was Othman the Moroccan. But each time a trader comes to him and says something like, I bought these goods but sold them at a loss, or I have had these goods for three months but cannot sell them, or last night I fell out with my wife, he replies, you let slip. Whenever someone comes to him with an inquiry, he replies, always with this, you let slip. So they all start calling him, you let slip. He is no longer Othman the Moroccan trader, but you let slip. This year, the thieves come to the market and hear everyone talking about you let slip. They start to wonder. We can see this guy is Moroccan. He came from there and established himself here. But why do they call him you let slip? What does it mean? Each time someone asks him something, he says you let slip. The first thief is called Nahid. The second is called Musa. Nahid says to Musa, Each time we come to this market, we take enough to last us a whole year. This year, let's steal everything from the trader who keeps telling everyone you let slip. He's the one who's going to let slip this time, says Nahid. What shall we do? asks Musa. Let's wait till tonight and then raid his home. So they wait till dark and go to his house throw a rope over the wall, and climb up. When they reach the top, they lower themselves down and start to feel their way around the house. It's pitch black. They go from room to room, listening for the sound of the traitor. They hear snoring. He is here, says one. They enter the room. Realizing it's the kitchen, they start to search and find a maid who's sleeping there. She's the one who's going to lead us to him, says the other. One of them sits on her chest, holding a knife to her neck. She opens her eyes and shouts, What do you want from me? I'm just the maid. 
You have nothing to fear, says one thief. We won't harm you. Just tell us, where can we find you let slip, the traitor? He's in the next room, she replies. Call him. There's no point. He won't come out. The door is locked, she replies. Here's what you have to do, they say. You must start screaming. If he asks you why, tell him you were stung by a scorpion and ask him to get you a knife. This way, we will catch him and let you go. So she starts screaming. What's wrong, says you let slip the traitor. I've been stung by a scorpion. You let slip, was his reply. Then his wife interjects. Are you mad? She's the only maid we have. She washes, cooks, cleans, and looks after us. Go to sleep or you will let slip yourself, was his reply. Despite the maid screaming, there was no way he was going to come out of his room. One of the thieves whispers in the maid's ear, If he won't come out, ask him to pass you a knife under the door. Go away, I have told you, you let slip, replies the traitor. His wife interrupts again. She didn't say anything wrong, pass her the knife. Go to sleep before you let slip yourself, replies the husband. I'm not going to abandon our maid. What are you going to do, asks the husband. I'm going to pass the knife under the door, says the wife. You'll let slip. I'm warning you, he says. Enough of that. We have had enough of this. You let slip of yours, complains the wife. So she grabs a blade and stretches her arm beneath the door. As soon as her hand comes out, one thief grabs it firmly. Oh, my husband, someone has grabbed my hand. You let slip, he replies. I've told you to go back to sleep, but you wouldn't listen. The thief says, listen, now your wife's hand is in our hands. Either you come out or we cut her hand off. She is the one who let slip. It's not my fault. I'm not coming out. Then the wife says, is that it? Am I not your wife anymore? These people are going to amputate my hand and I will be disabled for life. He turns to the thieves and asks, what do you want from me? We just want the money. Is that it? Yes, that's all we want. Look, take the stairs on your left, the first room, no, the second room. There you will find sacks of money. Take all you need, let go of my wife, and leave me alone. Nahid says to Musa, don't let go of her hand. She will slip away and tell us we let slip. One keeps hold of the hand while the other goes upstairs puts his hand out to find sacks full of coins. He shouts out to his accomplice, Let her go! Come here! The money is here! So he joins them upstairs. They take a sack, reach for the rope again, and climb up, feeling very happy. But as they leave, they notice a light in the distance. It's the light of the night watchmen who were patrolling the area. But at this particular moment, the lantern was left unattended. Come, let's check if this money is gold or silver. Let's look by the light of the lantern, says one thief. They open the sack and see it's full of worthless old copper coins. What's this? exclaims one. We have let slip, says the other. We should have checked the money before letting her go. He's tricked us, says one. Let's go back to him, insists the other. They go back, throw the rope, climb up and descend into the courtyard. Then they approach the door of his room and knock. 
What do you want? asks the trader, knowing they would come back. This money you have given us is worthless. I am afraid you let slip, says the trader. We are not going anywhere until you give us the money. If not, we will break down the door and kill you. What can I say? cries the trader. How long can you go on like this? When are you going to repent? How long can you continue like this, thieving? You should settle down, marry, start a family, and build your future. Don't you know that a thief is despised by Allah? Repent. You live through ill-gotten gains. A thief will never prosper. He will be punished in the end. Listen, we are in a desperate situation. We have no means of survival. Promise me, says the trader. Promise you what? Ask the thieves. Promise me that you will stop stealing from people. Promise that you will stop harming people. And I will give you each enough money to set up a business. Now that you have shown this kindness to us, we swear to Allah, we will never steal again, harm anyone, or take anyone's money. Go to the room next door, he says. There's a sack full of money, 10,000 gold dinars. Take 5,000 each. Each one should set up a business, and each one should build a future for himself. I give you this money as a donation for the sake of Allah. They enter the room and find a sack full of 10,000 gold dinars. They go back to him and tell him that they have found the money. He reminds them of the promise they've made and warns them of the dire consequences of breaking their promise. They swear they will keep their promise. Then they leave, each carrying 5,000 dinars. Thanks to the generous trader, they each start their own business, get married, have children, build their future, repent, and never steal again. As for Othman the trader, the Moroccan, you let slip, becomes famous across the whole of Egypt. The ordinary people learn of the news of the reformed thieves who used to come every year, but now no more. All thanks to Othman the trader. They realize this man is a force for good. He sacrificed his money to help these thieves mend their ways. He is a good man indeed. At this stage, the once jealous traders start to respect and revere him. Realizing the change in the attitude towards him, they no longer talk behind his back or envy him. He bids them farewell, takes his wife, his trade, and returns to Morocco, where he blissfully spends the rest of his life. Thus concluding our Moroccan tale of The Successful Trader. I hope you enjoyed that special treat. That was dictated directly from one of Hodge's stories. So why is storytelling an important pastime to keep alive? Seth Townsend, an English storyteller, said this at the 2023 Marrakesh Storytelling Festival. It's very important at this time that people listen to each other, that they come together, and that they hear each other's stories, as they have in Marrakesh for hundreds of years. It's a way to bring people together, bridging the cultural divide. And honestly, right now, more than ever, we need to come together and listen to each other's stories. In my own experiences growing up, story time was something I always enjoyed. 
My mom was my sixth grade teacher, and every week she would read aloud a chapter from a book we were focusing on for that month. I loved sitting there, being swept off into another world, going on adventures with the characters, feeling the happiness or sadness they were feeling, and learning about the morals of the stories. It's one of the fondest memories I have of my mom. In the same regard, as a little girl, I would curl up with my dad just before bed, and he would read a story to me. He always inserted his own twist on the fable, but it wasn't until I could read that I figured this out. He would just laugh and say, he's reading between the lines. I believe storytelling has the power to really change your perspective and has the ability to help you connect to a people, to a culture, in a way nothing else can. Whether it's a cultural tale of passing on a tradition or belief, or a way to help others learn from your mistakes or happy accidents. The more stories you hear, the more you learn about life. Then, you know how to live. Haj Hathmid A good storyteller can capture your imagination in a way no one else can. They have the power to take you instantly along with them on whatever tale they choose to tell. I have lived a lot of life so far, And I know you have too. True, not everything needs to be put out there for the whole world to see and hear. But if one of my stories or one of your stories can help just one person, then I believe it's worth telling. When all is said and done, and you're old and gray, each experience you had while traveling creates some of the most amazing stories of your life. After all, that is what brings us together as human beings the ability to connect to one another through the stories we tell. As I was prepping for this episode, I listened to this great TEDx talk about the power of storytelling. Andrew Gibbs, an Australian storyteller, told this hilarious and fantastic story, and she ended it with this. You can't always choose the stories that we have in our lives, but if we take a risk and we show that we're human, and vulnerable, then that's where the best stories lie. I thought that was so simple, yet so profound. As I mentioned in my last episode, I know travelers love to tell their stories. But like the tradition of Moroccan storytelling is in danger of dying out, I think our stories are in danger of never being told. It seems there's no outlet to tell those stories to someone. Part of the vision I have for this podcast is for this to be a safe place for you, my listeners, to be able to tell your amazing travel stories. I would love to collect your stories so that this can be somewhere you feel like you can share those experiences you had while traveling with a community who really cares and wants to listen. I believe your stories are important and worth being told and heard. So if you're willing to share your travel experiences with me so that they can be shared here on the podcast, I would love to receive them. Please email me them at anxiousadventuresclub at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, my travel experience, and then fill that email with your story or stories. I am happy to say I've received my very first one. So I will save that story for either the next episode or if I have more that come in, I may just do a whole episode featuring your travel stories. Oh, and please feel free to include 
any tips or lessons you may have learned along the way. That way, this podcast can become a co-creation between you and me and really start helping those anxious adventurers out there become more brave and knowledgeable. I know that's another big ask to put yourself out there and tell your story or stories, but I really think in the end, it's going to help a lot of people. I can't wait to see your story in my inbox. Before I close out this episode, there are a few things I want to remind you of. Be sure to check the resources in the show notes. I've linked to everything that I have mentioned in today's episode. If you happen to be in Marrakesh on a Thursday, I encourage you to go and visit Cafe Clock to hear the master storyteller himself, Haj. He may just tell the story of the successful trader. Remember, it's seven o'clock sharp. And the cafe also has delicious Moroccan Arab Western fusion cuisine. So maybe make a night of it. And if you're thinking about going to Marrakesh, maybe consider going during the Marrakesh Storytelling Festival. It looks like they plan on having it every year. It would be a great time to visit and hear storytellers from all over the world come together and tell their tales. They just had their second annual storytelling festival in February of 2023. So be sure to check that out as well. As you can see, storytelling is indeed being revived and that's exciting news. Okay, that concludes story time for today. I hope you enjoyed traveling with me to Marrakesh, Morocco for some good old fashioned storytelling. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you learned a little, laughed a little, and my hope is it left you with some things to think about. I would so love for you to give me a follow on Instagram at Mariposas Guys. That's the place where I'll share all the photographs, videos, and visuals for each podcast. And this week, I'll be sharing a video of Haj himself telling a bit of one of his stories at Cafe Clock, as well as some beautiful pics of Marrakesh, so you can really be transported. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, ciao, besos.